honor somebody that God has raised up in this church and is sent to this church. And it happens to be the man I'm married to. And Pastor Rick, Pastor Rick Amendola, amen? And, um, <laughs> and we are acknowledging him because it was, it was his birthday Friday. And he turned the big 7-0, and you're going to hear a lot about what 70 means. And, um, but, you know, the Bible says to honor those who uh, lead over you, so we want to honor him today. And I cur- encourage all of you, give, send your words of affirmation. I say give a big hug, but we've got to be careful with that. So we're going to have the board say a few words and pray. And, uh, <laughs> all right. Just want to say, on behalf of the whole church and the board, happy birthday. Um, you've been a blessing to us. We know you're going to continue to be a blessing to us. You've been a blessing to your family. Um, you're a blessing to God, whether you realize it or not. You're doing his work. You're doing what he's called you to do. And uh, we can't thank you enough, and we can't wish you enough more happy birthdays to come in the future. Thank you, in man. Jesus' name. Thank you. Amen. Well, I, you know... I heard that song, and I was just thinking of Rocky, and I'm thinking how many Rocky movies it was, and how old he was in some of his movies, and how good of shape he was in his movies, and that's what I see him. He's, we have a, a pastor who's 70 years old, but he, he never know it. He's got a lot of energy. He's in good shape. God is taking very good care of him. He's a blessing to our church. He's healthy, and um, you know, it, it's, it's, um, which is awesome. God has been good to him, um, and, and he has been, he's been faithful to God, yes. which is awesome, so... Um, which is, um, and, and the church has given him a gift here for, for him. And if anybody else has anything, you can put it in the offering plate today. And, uh, but just words of blessings, encouragement, and just um, whatever the Lord puts on your heart would be appreciated by him. I know that. So I just want to pray over him right now. So let's just bow our heads and pray. Lord, I just thank you, Lord thank Jesus, you, for Jesus. Pastor Rick. Lord, I thank you for the many years of service here and other places and the many lives he's touched throughout these 70 years, Lord Jesus. You, Lord. And he continues to touch, Lord. Thank I just you, pray Lord. blessings over him right now, Lord. Continue blessings, Lord Jesus. And just use him. And just use him in the way you want to use him. And let him just be used by you, Lord, and be faithful to you. Let's continue on what you have for his life, Lord Jesus, to, yes. to speak life and, to, and be you, a pastor for many, Lord Jesus, thank here you, and other places. Lord Jesus. He's not restricted to here, Lord. He's pastoring many all over, Lord Jesus. I thank you for the giftings you've given him, the way you've blessed him, Lord, and the way you've anointed him also, Lord. We thank you for that, and we look forward to whatever you're going to do with him in this church, Lord. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Thank you. Appreciate it. Happy birthday. God bless. Well, praise the Lord. Well, you'll be hearing more about 70 when I start preaching. But thank you for remembering my special day. It's been a good day, and it's been a good, great weekend for me. So praise the Lord. Uh, Juanita, are you ready for your, your uh, unity message? My brother Paul could not be here today, so Juanita's going to come and share a little bit. As she's coming, we just want to recognize our sister Jane Coster is back in church today. God bless you. Good to see you. And anyone else, if I missed anyone, it's good to have everyone here. So praise the Lord. God is good, and God is at work in our midst. Juanita, how are you doing? You ready? Yes. I, 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 Can you hear me? I, I, did you turn that on? Yeah. Okay. Can everybody hear me okay? All right. God bless you, church. Good morning, everybody. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Juanita Rivera, and I have been at New Life for about six years. And um, I wanted to speak to, to you today about unity. Uh, we do have a unity committee. Uh, right now, it's just Paul and I and Pastor. <laughs> um, but um, I wanted to talk to you about kindness and how, um, you know, how to do random acts of kindness. And some of the things that I do is I always carry chocolate bars in my purse, and I just kind of hand them out to people and just bless them. So in um, honor of Pastor's birthday, I got him a really big one. Like a super size. Happy birthday. Um, and um, I have a few that I brought with me um, that I might randomly kind of share with folks. I don't have enough for everybody, but um, I did want to uh, share this word and, and a video that we'll be showing shortly. 
Um, but, you know, kindness is actually a gift. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. And so it's good to practice it. Um, since we have the Lord, it's just a beautiful thing to have kindness in our hearts. Um, when, when Jesus, you know, came to the earth, um, you can read in John 1, 11 through 12, you know, he came to his own and his own people rejected him. Um, and, and so, you know, he, he didn't come perhaps in, in the way that people thought he would come, you know, this, this king, this warrior king and on a horse, you know, with, you know, like a knight in shining armor, but he will come back that way. Uh, we will see him in his glory. Um, but, you know, he came to teach a doctrine of reconciliation. He came, you know, speaking truth, truth to power. Um, he, you know, he came in a humble manner. Um, and, and some people rejected him for that. And so, you know, he left his heavenly realm to come and, and to save us. Um, in Matthew uh, 16, we read the story of the disciples um, you know, they were asked by Jesus, who do people say that I am? And so, you know, Peter responded, you know, you're the Christ. And Jesus responded back, you know, this was given to you by, by our Heavenly Father. This wasn't anything that anybody told you. Um, but, you know, we, we were given a new commandment. Um, you know, Jesus said to his disciples, one of the things that he said to them was, I give you a new commandment, love one another as I have loved you. And so, you know, when we read the Bible, we're given so many examples of God's love. And so whenever we feel like we're just being, um, you know, uh, confronted by people and people are being mean to us or whatever, just remember that, you know, Jesus really suffered a huge burden for us. And um, I just want to, you know, some people say that God's, um, you know, the Bible is God's love letter to humanity. And so um, I just challenge you to continue to love one another and to continue to practice kindness uh, to one another. It can be as simple as paying for someone's coffee when you're in line. Uh, maybe you're in, in the grocery line and you feel like you want to give somebody flowers. It could be anything really, really simple. And it can be just as simple as giving someone a chocolate bar. Um, it doesn't have to be crazy, you know, exuberant or anything like that. But... Um, I just want to, um, I do have copies of what you guys are about to see. Um, so James, whenever you're ready, you can play that video. And I hope this blesses you. God bless you all. Experience are true. They will change your life if you let them. For they come from the very heart of God. He loves you, and he is the father you have been looking for all your life. This is his love letter to you. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I am familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered. For you were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being. For you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake, for all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry, but I am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you, simply because you are my child and I am your father. 
I offer you more than your earthly father ever could. For I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand. For I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope. Because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand on the seashore. And I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you. For you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul. And I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine. For I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day, I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your Father, and I love you even as I love my Son, Jesus. For in Jesus, my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I loved that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me and nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father, and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. Love, your dad, Almighty God. right now it's uh, just a combination of things that were said the video and just I just feel a, a sweet presence of the Lord thank you Juanita for your ministry today we do appreciate it especially at a time when our, our country once again is in turmoil it's really time for the church to rise up and be kind to everybody so praise the Lord take your Bible if you would um, want to turn to Psalm number 90 as we're turning there, just hello, uh, Pastor Greg, uh, Pastor Doug Gregan and Carolyn Gregan from New Brothers Fellowship. God bless you. Good to have you with us today. And anyone else who's visiting, we greet you, welcome you, and uh, praise the Lord. So you're going to hear a message today that's, that's uh, I just turned 70. So it's got to affect what I'm going to say. I mean, yeah, of course. How could it not? You know what I mean? So I, I, I've entitled the message today, The Days of Our Lives, not the soap opera, although some of our lives could be a soap opera. But Psalm 90, uh, two verses, verse 10 and verse 12, and then we'll get into this. So Psalm 90, verse 10, reads like this. The days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they, they are 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Verse 12. So, Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I know you put a word on my heart to share. Help me to, to speak it, to, to share it, to preach it in such a way that, that your people will be encouraged and edified and, and, and blessed. Lord, for those here, those that on live stream, let this word penetrate hearts and change lives. Lord, in the process of the preaching of your word, 
Let, let miracles take place. Let, let salvations take place. Let recommitments take place. Let physical healings take place. Lord, be glorified as we proclaim your word today. Lord, your word says that when we preach the word, that signs and wonders will follow. So let signs and wonders follow the proclamation and preaching of your word today. We give you all praise and all thanks. Lord, anoint my lips that I may share the way you want. Anoint our ears that we may hear your voice in the process. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, so this sermon is on the heels of my 70th birthday. And these are the days of our lives. And what we do with our days are very, very important. I can remember distinctly, believe it or not, when I was 10, I had my 10th birthday on April 23rd, and that would have been 1961, if you want to know. But I, I, read, I went to bed that night, and I, I remember laying in my bed thinking to myself, well, in 10 more years of doing what I just did, I'm going to be 20. And I'm going to be all grown up when I'm 20. Well, then when I was 30, I remember when I turned 30, um, I remember saying to Pam and some other people, um, now maybe people will respect me because I'm 30, you know. I thought I arrived. But then 40, 50, 60 went by like, and 70 happened. And I went to bed that night thinking, Lord, thank you for my family. Thank you for my friends. Thank you, Jesus, for never giving up on me. You've been so faithful. And my perspective changed over the years. But 70 is a milestone, I'd have to admit. I think it's a milestone. I've been anticipating this day for a year. You know, last year when I turned 69, I said, oh, man, one more year. I'm going to turn 70. What am I going to do? But anyway, (laughs) I I did some research on on the, the number 70. Some people say it has a sacred meaning. The seven means perfection. In the Bible, seven is, is the number of perfection. Ten is the number of completeness. So when you put it together, 70 is like a, a perfect spiritual, representing this perfect spiritual order of things. I thought, wow, I'll take that. That means I've, something good's going to happen to me this year, right? Well, I thought about different things in the Bible. Uh, there were 70 elders that were appointed by Moses in the early days, 70 elders that accompanied Moses when he went to Mount Sinai to receive the law. Israel was uh, held captive in Babylon for 70 years. Daniel's end-time prophecy centers around multiples of seven and 70 uh, to, to proclaim the birth of the Messiah and the second advent of the Messiah. 70 disciples were sent out by Jesus in Luke 10 to preach and heal and deliver And in A.D. 70, Jerusalem fell to the Roman Empire. And personally, I feel like at age 70, I'm embarking upon a new era of my life. And the Word says a lot of interesting things about age and aging and growing older. Let me share a couple of them with you. In Job chapter 12 and verse 12, the Word says this, Wisdom is with an aged man. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Wisdom is with an aged man. And with length of days comes understanding. Hallelujah. I'll take that one to the bank. Proverbs 16.31 says, The silver-haired head... Have you noticed? Have you noticed? Am I in the light? You know, you have to shield your eyes, I think. But the silver-haired head is a crown of glory. I like that. If it is found in the way of righteousness. Psalm 92.13 and 14 says... Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. That is a wonderful verse. Psalm 92, 13. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God, and they shall bear fruit in old age, and they shall be fresh and flourish. I'm taking that to the bank. I want to be fresh, and I want to flourish. Come on, give me an amen right there. Come on. You know why? If you're not there yet, you'll get there sooner or later. You know, one of my favorite words in the Bible is suddenly. You know, suddenly this and suddenly I'm 70. Like I was just graduated high school last year. You know, I just, where did my life go? It's a suddenly moment. Here I am. How did I get here? Well, one day at a time. We just, here we are. But with, with age, biblically, comes honor. Like, respect your elders. And wisdom and respect 
And old age is common in the Bible. Many people lived at a good old age in the Bible. There's, a, there's several that lived to be at least 100. See if you know anyone on this list. Methuselah, Jared, Noah, Adam, Seth, Canaan, Enosh, Mehalil, Lamech, Enoch, Terah, Isaac, Abraham, Jacob, Ishmael, Jehoiada, Sarah, Aaron, Moses, Joseph, Joshua. I'll test you later to see if you got all that. But they all live to be over 100, and they served God during that time. Well, what, I, what I'm getting at is there's a, a, there's a flow of life. There's, there's a progression of life, an ebb and flow. And ideally, in bearing any sickness or accident or, or poor decisions, God has all of our days mapped out. And the objective, if you're a young person, I'm not going to even try to identify what a young person is anymore, but if, you're, if you think you're a young, if you're young, whatever, the goal is for you to make it into old age, all in one piece, all doing well in wisdom. If you're old already, the goal is to stay on track with God, reap the benefits and rewards of your life in serving Jesus Christ. We all have a life to live. We're all progressing through it, whether we want to admit it or not. The pharmaceutical business makes billions of dollars trying to make, keep people looking young and thinking young. But we're all getting older. I mean, we're older today than we were yesterday. And we all have a purpose. We all have a reason. We all have, we all have a, a, a calling to do something for God. And we'll continue with this until we cross the river to the other side. And so I'm, I'm a little bit emotional, not emotional, I'm a little bit pensive as I turn 70 right now. And I, I think it's okay to feel a little emotional. At the, I mean, I was emotional when I turned 50. I thought, man, that was it. When I was 30, I thought I was over the hill. Just think how I feel now. <laughs> but anyway, Psalm 90, let's take a look. Actually, this psalm... I mean, it's funny in a way, but this was penned by Moses. It says on the top of mine, a prayer of Moses, the man of God. The subheading is, teach us to number days. And so, so this psalm was probably written around the time of the Pentateuch, and Daniel or the scribes found it and put it in this volume called Psalms. But right in the middle of this, uh, we read verse number 10, that uh, the days of our lives are are 70 years, and the, the, or if by reason of strength they're 80 years. And remember, this is poetry or prose or imagery. Uh, I don't think it's meant to be dogmatic. I mean, after all, Moses lived to be 120 when, when he wrote this. So, you know, things happen. But, but the point of verse number 10 is, whatever the, your lifespan is, when you get to the end of it, it says all you have, all you can boast about is how hard you work and how sorrowful your life has been. And then it says at the end of verse number 10, it's soon cut off and you fly away. Man, that makes me think about it. Well, it makes me think that our days are numbered. Whether they're 70 or 80 or 30 or 20 or whatever they are, our days are numbered. Which I want to go to Psalm 139 if we can. You want to turn there with me. Just a few pages to your right. Psalm 139, verse 13, uh, David writes this, You formed me in my inward parts, and you covered me in my mother's womb. And you know, as I turn 70, my mother's 94 and a half. Hi, Mom. Thanks for having me back in the day. But <laughs> my, you know, my, I was formed in my mother's womb. I was, I was created by God in my mother's womb. Moms are very special. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Remember prose and poetry. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they are written all the days fashioned for me when as of yet there were none of them. Yeah, God has a book with our days numbered in that book. And so whether you're young or whether you're old, the clock is ticking. And God has your days and my days written down, fashioned in a book. From before we were even born, God had a plan and a purpose for our lives. This is an awesome thing to think about. It's, 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 it's grand. 
It, it's lofty when you think about it. God had a plan for my life or your life. Think of your life when you were a little person. Think of these, the kids and thank the Lord there's kids in the church. Praise God. But everyone who's living has a purpose. It was brought forth into the world for a purpose. And, and young people are such a blessing. I love to see our young people with the banner ministry and different things that they do in the church. It reminds me of young people in the Bible that, that did great things for God. The young David. Everybody else was afraid of Goliath. And David comes up with his little slingshot and his rocks. The God of Israel will be with me and I'll defeat Goliath. Who are you? A little boy with a lot of faith. This is a place for young people in the, in the work of the Lord. I think of young Timothy that had the courage to believe what Paul was telling him about Jesus. And Timothy became a follower of Jesus and was mentored under Paul as a young man. I think of even young Jesus, 12 years of age, teaching the scribes. They were bewildered at his wisdom, 12 years of age in the temple when he was left behind that time. So young people have a place, absolutely. But then I think of the elders, the elders in the Bible. Abraham was 75 years old when God called him to be the father of Israel. Moses was 80 when God called him to take the people out of Egypt into the promised land. Joshua and Caleb, soldiers and spies for the army of Israel. They served the God of Israel faithfully till they were well over 100 years of age. Daniel was 80 years of age during his time in captivity. We always think of Daniel as a young man, and he was a young man when he was taken captive, probably 14 or 15, but they were under captivity for 70 years. So he was probably 80, 85. That whole time he was serving God as he grew older in, in, in that environment of being oppressed. I think of some of the role models, and I want to encourage you today to think of role models in your lives that you could look at and say, you know what, when I get old, I want to be like that. I have great role models in my life. My, my mother and my father have been great role models. My mother right now, 94, is still a mentor to her grandkids and her 19 grand, uh, great-grandchildren. People, we still call her for advice and for guidance. 94 and a half. Mom, I love you. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> my, father, my father died at age 82, uh, in 2005, but I, I didn't even know this till later. Um, in his later years, late 70s and probably around 80, he volunteered his time to be a tutor in one of the local grammar schools to help kids uh, learn English. Uh, it wasn't their first language, and my father would go there faithfully and teach to help these kids learn how to read and write in English. I thought that was really amazing for my dad to do that. I knew another brother uh, many years ago. I don't know if this could even happen now, but this brother, his name was Joe. He, uh, he had a burden on his heart to, to raise money for missions. And he was retired, and he, his burden was to find every can and bottle he could find on the street and the, and the garbage cans in the park. And this brother would find thousands of cans and bring them to his house and wash them and clean them and bring them to the redemption center. And he raised thousands of dollars for missions at our previous church. There's another brother named Emil that uh, was in his late 70s. He loved the outdoors. And he devoted his time to work with the Royal Ranger Ministry. He taught the young boys how to fish, how to camp, how to make a tent and all that stuff, how to do things outside. And he was so happy and such a blessing to the people. So as we progress in age, can we think about what are we doing with this gift of life? You know, what are we doing with, with this precious gift that God has given to us? So back to Psalm 90. We see here uh, Psalm uh, 90, verse 10. Uh, now, this is an, an ideal situation if we stay strong and healthy, if there's no accidents or problems. And let's not leave out the fact that if we have a good genetic background, sometimes that helps us live longer and be healthier. And, and I appreciate all the comments of how strong and healthy I am. And I thank God I am, but I had nothing to do with it, really. I, you know, my, listen, in the picture of things, my brother died at age 19. My sister died at age 58. My father died at 82. My mother's still alive. I, how, how do you figure? You just, you, just, you just do the best with what you have. I mean, I do work out. <laughs> Jason, can, <laughs> Jason knows I work out. And I work up a sweat. <laughs> 
So, so 70 to 80 years, okay. But, the, the, but do you see what he said? After, after, wherever your life is, you get to the end of the line, and all you have to show for it is labor and sorrow. Ay, ay, ay. That's not too happy. I think with Jesus it's a little different, but, but he's saying then in verse number 10, then, then uh, you, you're, you're, it's cut off and, and you fly away. You, you go, you go to the other side. And so, I mean, in the, West, in, in the, in the world at large, I think that's, that's true, that, that people's lives are very difficult. In America, in the Western world, we try so hard to stay young forever and ever and ever and make our latter days so good and precious and special. And we should do that. But, but at the same time, in our culture, if you know, and I'm sure you know, there's a lot of angst with the elderly. There's a lot of um, unfulfilled dreams and a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, emotion that this is it at the end. This is all I have to show for it. There's even violence at the end if, if you follow the news. And then verse 12, he says, So, Lord, because of that, teach me. You know, teach me uh, to number our days. Teach me, Lord, teach me how to live. Teach me how to make something out of the days that you give me. How to navigate our lives. How to live well in this world that's so difficult. Give me and let me gain a heart of wisdom as a result. There's nothing better than an older person with wisdom. There's nothing worse than an older, older person that doesn't have wisdom. But it does happen on both sides. This takes me to Psalm 86. So we just turn a page over if you can. Psalm 86, verse 11. The psalmist writes, Teach me your ways, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Oh, to have a teachable spirit, even at an old age. I've known too many older people that they thought they arrived. I told you this story before, right? Even now, people, when people, some people meet me, they think I just got saved like recently because I'm kind of like, <laughs> I don't know what's the word. I'm kind of like flimsy. I'm kind of like in awe of God still after all these years. But hey, praise God, we should be. I'm glad I'm like that. <laughs> I'm glad people think, oh, you just got saved last year? What are you talking I've been saved 40 years. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, well, yeah, I'm still excited, aren't you? When did you get saved? Oh, 1970. Well, what's the matter with you? <laughs> you need me around you, I think. Anyway, so, so, so have a humble, teachable heart. Teach me your way, oh God. I, I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forevermore. For great is your mercy toward me, and you have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. I will glorify your name forevermore. Yes, I'm 70. I play the guitar, and I lead worship sometimes. Hallelujah. And I want to sing my heart out every Sunday because that's what I do. And I'm glad I could do it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. So teach me, Lord. Teach us that, 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 you, that you would give us a heart of wisdom and understanding. These days are so difficult, church. We need people in the church, in our community, that are wise have knowledge, have understanding of how to navigate. So the Bible is filled with stories of people that have lived well, served well, remained faithful for many years. But the Lord led me to two characters in the New Testament, in Luke chapter 2, that I want to talk about today. So turn with me to Luke chapter 2. The story is the birth of Jesus. So we're going to have Christmas in April. <laughs> But it's the story of Simeon. Simeon is, a, is an old, you could say, he's an Old Testament saint living in the New Testament. But Simeon was, uh, was in the temple the day that Joseph and Mary brought Jesus there to be dedicated. Here's the, the background. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Uh, eight days later, he was circumcised. After the days of purification, which is about 30 or so, uh, they would bring the baby to the temple to be presented and dedicated and prayed over. And there had to be a witness there. So people were usually hanging around the temple for special occasions like that. So in verse 27, I'm, I'm not going to read the whole story, but in verse 20, Luke 2, 27, we read, 
Simeon was led by the Holy Spirit to go into the temple. Can I just pause for a moment? Here's an old guy, if you, if you study it. He's an older person. He's waiting to see the consolation of Israel, to see the Messiah. Then he's ready to die. So he's like at the end. He's just waiting. But he's led by the Holy Spirit in his old age. Can I just tell you something? We, we all need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Whether we're in young age or old age... And we never get too old to be led by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when old people get there, they think they know more than the Holy Spirit. And guess what? They don't. And they never will. So Simeon, he, he was led by the Holy Spirit. And, it, and that doesn't just happen to be led by the Holy Spirit. Many people will say to me, I, I feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me something. And they tell me, and I say to myself, I say, man, that's not the Holy Spirit. And sometimes I'll tell them. Look, look, you know, maybe God's dealing with you, but you know what? Your life is not consecrated. You have conflicts everywhere. Your reputation is terrible. That's not God. God's not going to speak to you that way unless you get yourself situated. But here's Simeon, led by the Holy Spirit in an old age. Right there, that gives me a, a goal in my life, to stay in a place of being led by the Spirit of the living God after so many years of whatever, still being led by the Spirit of God. Verse number 25 says that Simeon had the Holy Spirit upon him. So here we have that that preposition of upon, which we really get from Acts chapter 2. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll receive power to be my witnesses. So it's like the baptism in the Holy Spirit is what we're talking about. So the Holy Spirit was in him as a believer, but the Holy Spirit came upon him for empowerment and wisdom and guidance, etc. So he's like a, an Old Testament saint, like, like David or Daniel or others, living in the New Testament era. He's like, like in between. But he's filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's upon him. And in uh, and, um, and verse 27, God brings him into the temple right at that exact moment in time when he witnesses the, the first family and the baby Jesus, the Christ child, come into the place to be presented. I love God's timing in that. It didn't just happen. God had this all planned. So Simeon, it says in verse 25, he was just, he was devout, he was honest, he was a man of integrity, he was committed to the faith, he was committed to God, he was a solid believer, he was a good man. Verse 25 says, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Well, that's a big word to say. He was waiting for the Messiah to come. And he, he had to have heard and studied um, Isaiah and Jeremiah and Daniel and Micah and the others that talked about the coming Messiah. And think about the story. At this point, so this is 40 days after the birth of Jesus. So nine months before that, so say 10 months ago, all this stuff happened. The angel came to Zacharias and Elizabeth and Joseph and Mary and the shepherds and the census was taken. All this stuff was going on and stands over here in the temple. I don't believe he had a clue what was going on over there. He was just serving God, waiting, waiting, waiting. And all of a sudden, here comes the first family and he sees them and he's convicted in his heart. This is the Messiah. This is the one that I've been waiting for. So verse... verse, uh, 26, it was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. He wouldn't even die until he saw the Lord's Christ. I like that terminology, the Lord's Christ. He wouldn't die. He was convicted of that. He, he had a word from God. Just keep on keeping on. You're going to see the Lord's Christ. After you do, I'll take you home to heaven. So he sees, in verse, verse, uh, verse 27, he sees this family come in. In verse 28, Can you picture it? This old man takes up the Christ child in his hands and begins to bless this Christ child. I love it. He says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Now I can go. I've seen the Christ child. My eyes have seen your salvation. And and whoever told Simeon about this, which you have prepared before all the face of all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, how did he know about the Gentiles? Like he had this, he had this thing with God. He was, a, he was a wise, anointed man that he, he recognized this Christ child did not only come to be a glory to Israel, he came to be a light to the Gentiles. 
And he was filled with the presence of God. And he could recognize the moving of God. What I'm saying is, this is an older guy, an older man, that was dedicated to the things of God. And God blessed him and used him powerfully. I want to be like that. So then he, he and then verse 30, uh, 33, um, Joseph and his mother, Mary, marveled at the things which were spoken of the Christ child. And then Simeon, he blesses them. And he says specifically to Mary, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising for many in Israel, and for a sign which will, will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. So he goes from this grandiose blessing and prayer, the light of the Gentiles and the light for Israel and so forth, now getting personal, personal word for Mary and for Joseph, blessing them and saying, Mary, your son is special, but your heart will be pierced. Remember, she was at the, at the cross that day. Her heart was pierced. But thank God we also see her in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, waiting to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So, so Mary... She took it all and she pondered it in her heart. But here we have an older man that's that's just ready to be used by God. He's ready, willing, and able. He's a spiritual, it's a spiritual event. It's a spiritual uh, situation, but it's not so spiritual that he doesn't forget to pick up the baby and hold that baby in his hands and bless that child. Can you picture it? And then after that, Speaking directly to Joseph and Mary as a word for you and Mary specifically, he was, it was spiritual and it was personal and it was powerful. See, that, that's, how, that's how like God wants to use us in that way. But how do we get there? You know what I mean? Uh, Simeon didn't just become uh, a, a follower um, you know, a, a week before that happened. I think there were years and decades of of, of dying to self, living for God, uh, running after God, being ready for God. And, and from that, I get this idea. Listen to this. If you're young, and, and however you're, you are, right, if you're young and, let me just say it, if you're young and lazy right now, when you get to be old, guess what? You're probably going to be old and lazy too. If you're young and unmotivated now about your faith, you'll probably, when you get old, you'll probably be the same way. When you're not making priorities now in your life, whatever age you are, when you get to be whatever, 70, 80, 90, you'll probably be the same way. Unless you make a decision right now to change the pattern that you have going in your life. Simeon never, he, he didn't just arrive there. There's no way. He didn't just arrive there. Like God's going to make him walk into the temple just when Jesus walks, comes in with his mother and father. That doesn't just happen. That was years of consecration and waiting and trusting and proving himself faithful to God. And God, the Lord, includes him in this beautiful Christmas story. An elder man serving God. I love it. I love it. So, so the next person is verse number 36 in Luke chapter 2. So we have a man for the man and a woman for the women. Her name is Anna. Anna, it says in verse number 35, is a prophetess. It says in verse number 38, same thing happened to her. She comes in at just the exact moment to witness the whole thing going on with Simeon and Joseph and Mary and Jesus. How does that happen? That's a divine appointment. But it says, you know, it says... um, Verse 36, it says, she was a, a woman of great age. If you want to figure the math, this is how I figured it. In that culture, the girls got married at, a, at around age 14, give or take. Let's say 14. And uh, it says, she lived with a husband for seven years. So that would put her at 21. And then she was a widow for 84 years. So 84 and 21 would make her 105 years old. That's my estimate. She was old, of great age. Most scholars would say the same thing, maybe a little variation, but she was an old, old woman. But verse 37 says, she loved being in the temple. Oh, whatever, I don't want to, do you know, be, being in church is a blessing. What can I say? 
I, I, you know, as a kid, I remember going to church in the middle of the week. I went to a parochial school, so it wasn't hard to do. It was right across the parking lot. But I'd go over there. I loved the smell of the church. I loved the candle smell from Sunday or whatever. I loved the, the incense smell or just, just the quietness and the grandeur of the it was a big place. Just sitting there. I was a little kid. I loved being in the, in the church. I really did. I loved being in the church. And how now, I love being in the church now too. I love coming over here in the middle of the week, sitting all by myself, just sitting here in the presence of God. But I wonder how many people really love the church. Like she loved the temple. She was in the temple all the time. It was her life. I know we live in a different culture, but there's something to be said about the holy place. This is where we meet with God. It's not like, I mean, we could meet with God anywhere, true, but every Sunday we meet God here, and that's important. that should have some significance. But she loved being in the temple, and I love being in the church, and we should love being in church. See, if we want to be serving God when we're old, guess what? We have to start serving God when we're young and being in the church when we're young. I mean, miracles could happen, yes, but ideally it's a progression, you know, and not only that, she loved being in the church. She loved to pray. She loved to fast. Right? We had a, a week of fasting a few weeks ago. That was one of the best times for me personally of just being consecrated to God. We took the whole week to, to pray and fast for God to move. If you remember the, the, the story there, we were praying for God to move on Resurrection Sunday. And I was praying, Lord, I, I want to see... Our limit is 80 people at each service. I want to see 160 people in church on Resurrection Sunday. And uh, some people thought I was crazy, but that's all right. I could pray for that. And we had 163 or four. I think there were 163. And then I said, well, that was because the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost were here too. But there were a lot of people here that day. But anyway, when we, when we pray and fast, it does something to us. It, it, it changes us. It makes our spiritual awareness sharp. You know? So, so Anna here, she was a sharp, elderly woman of God that loved being in the temple, loved to pray, loved to fast. And it says she did it night and day. In other words, this was part of her life. This was her lifestyle. This wasn't just in case of an emergency. This is what she did. And see, if we want to get to, to our older age... As a strong man or woman of God, we got to start now, wherever we are, and incorporate these disciplines into our lives so that when we get there, we're prime. And, and Anna was prime. She was ready for God. And so it goes on. Um, and God knew, verse, verse 38, uh, here she comes in, my, my, uh, New King James, coming in in that instant... In that instant, when she saw Mary and Joseph and Simeon there, how could she come in right at that moment? That, that had to be a God thing that happened. But God rewarded her, blessed her. And then she went out and told everybody that was looking for redemption, Jesus is the one. He's the Messiah. So the days of our lives, what are we going to do with this precious life that we have and the time that we have it? When will we get it all together? And, and when will we really fulfill the calling of God in our lives? But we've got to start now. What are we waiting for? I mean, tragedies happen all the time. How many deaths have we seen here this year in our church? In our community at large. So I want to, I want to give you a maturity gauge right here. A maturity gauge test, if you will. Ready for this? Here's number one. When was the last time you heard from the Holy Spirit? When could you really say, like Simeon, man, he heard, you're not going to die until you see the Lord's Christ. Simeon heard, no, no, no one told, by the way, no one told Simeon, Joseph and Mary are coming with this baby that was born over there. No one told them, but the Holy Spirit told them. When he, when he walked in the temple and saw it, he knew without a doubt this was the Christ. He had a word for Mary. Anna 
she came in and she immediately gave thanks to God because she knew this was the Christ. How do they know that? They heard from the Holy Spirit. When was the last time you could say that you heard from the Holy Spirit? Like what to do, where to go, what to say. And you acted upon it. Jesus said in John 10, I'm the good shepherd, you know, and my sheep know my voice. Have you heard the voice of the Lord lately? Can you say that, that you're walking in such a way that you're hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit? Or is your spirit all clogged up with the stuff of the world? Come on. Are you too busy? Are you too preoccupied? Are you too wrapped up in whatever social media or music or entertainment? Or, and you're missing God. Can you imagine if Simeon and Anna missed this? Oh, I, I, had, to go, uh, I had to go do something. You know. What? They were primed. They were ready. But well, the question is, maturity gauge. When, when could you say, I heard from the Holy Spirit on that? It's important to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, especially we who are Pentecostals that depend upon the Holy Spirit. We need to be aware of when the Holy Spirit is leading us and guiding us. Here's a, another one. Um, when was the last time you exercised spiritual discernment. Simeon said, you know what? He saw the baby. He was waiting for the Lord's Christ. He saw the baby. He knew without a doubt, this is it. Anna knew it was the Messiah and spoke of him to everyone she could. She had a spiritual discernment in her heart that this is the Christ. When have you ever had spiritual discernment? And I'm not saying, you know, like, like, like what to look at on TV what to listen to, where to go, who to hang out with, what to do with your life, what to drink or not drink, oh, or what to do, what, to, what, you know, what, what do you bring into your body, how do you function, do you have any spiritual discernment, and God will speak to us, but are we too preoccupied with everything, we don't even know God, you have to slap us across the face ten times, but are we sensitive to the spirit of God, see we need to exercise discernment, is this sinful or not? Should I do this or not? What does your discernment say? There's a lot of examples of discernment. Peter, in Acts chapter 5, he discerned that Ananias and Sapphira were lying to the Holy Spirit with the whole money issue. No one told Peter that. He discerned that. Paul discerned in Acts 15 that John Mark was not ready for the mission field. He wasn't going to take him on the mission field anymore. Later, uh, Paul discerned John Mark was useful for ministry. That was the spiritual discernment. And Philip, man, he had great spiritual discernment. He's in Samaria having a great revival, multitudes getting saved and people getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, demons being cast out, and, and, and people speaking in tongues and hallelujah. He's having a grand old time in Samaria. And the Holy Spirit speaks to him and says, you know what, leave this and go meet the Ethiopian eunuch on the road to Gaza. And now right then and there, he, he, he probably played with that a little bit. I don't want to leave this. Who'd want to leave that? Well, the excitement is. But he left that. He discerned it was the Lord speaking to him. He went to minister to the one on the road to Gaza and led him to the Lord. So spiritual discernment, very important. And thirdly, uh, when was the last time you could say that you had a divine appointment? Like you get somewhere... You meet some people, something happens, unknown, un, unbeknown to you, something's going on, and you, you find yourself there with certain people at this moment in time, and it dawns on you, this is a divine appointment. Well, Simeon and Anna had their divine appointments with the Lord, no doubt about it. But when was the last time you had a divine appointment? When you know that you know that you're there, not because you even want to be there, but God put you there for a reason. You're the believer Maybe you needed to be there to add a little salt to that situation. Unplanned, unpredictable, and, and there you are in the middle of it, and you realize, oh, God wants to use me in this. That this is our gauge. Where are we in all this? When, when could you say you had a divine appointment? I, I'm telling you, if, you're, if your eyes are open to it, God wants many divine appointments from us. Paul said in Galatians 4.4, 4, he said to the church, he said, pray for us that a door of 
a ministry would open for us. He's praying for divine appointments. Let a door open. Let something happen spontaneously. Let, let something go on where I could walk through and begin to minister the love of God. So here's the maturity gauge. When was the last time you could honestly say, I heard from the Holy Spirit on that? I have spiritual discernment. I knew what I should or shouldn't have done in that situation. Or a divine appointment when I knew without a doubt God was behind this thing. Even though I had nothing to do with it, I just happened to be there at the right moment, at the right time, with the right people, and God wanted to use me, and I discerned it. I knew it was a divine appointment. So in in summary of this Psalm 90, uh, verses 10 and 12, the days of our lives are 70 years, and if reason of strength, they're 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow. For it is soon cut off and we fly away. So teach us, O Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. A couple of things on the screen there. For every one of us, whether you're young or old, I'm not not even going to put an age limit on it, whatever, wherever you are on the spectrum, the clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. And only God knows the expiration date. (laughs) Only God knows. Can we learn to number our days? Make good with each one that we have? Speaking of kindness, we need to thank you for that little message, but how about numbering our days with kindness? That would be a good place to start. And are you ready to fly away? And I could read into that verse and say... That's rapture talk right there. So whether we fly away or whether we're led away in the, in the casket, are you ready for that? You know? So I want to close with this. Uh, Pamela and I visit my mom. And mom, if you're listening, you could talk to me later about this if you'd like. <laughs> but frequently, we go down there every, every month or six weeks. We try to go down there just to visit and, you know, I go down to get some love <laughs> from my mom. But one night, my mom was getting ready for bed. And Pam noticed, she said, said, Mom, you're wearing the most beautiful pajamas to bed. And uh, my mother says, yeah, they're very nice. You like them? Yeah, they're really nice pajamas. And, and Pam says, yeah, yeah, they look really good on you. And then my mother says, well, if anything happens during the night, I want to make sure they find me in my best pajamas. And she laughed. And she, you know, she's ready to go. <laughs> she's ready to fly, you know. I wonder, are you ready? Are you ready? Do you have on your good PJs at night? You know what I mean? <laughs> are you ready to go with the Lord? And what are you going to do in the meantime? All I can say is we've, we've got a lot of work. The world is, you, I don't have to talk about that. The world is troubled. And we are, represent the Lord. We're, we're the light and the hope to the world. So use your days wisely, church. Lord, teach us to number our days. We don't know when the expiration date is, but let us do the best we can do with what we have. As for me, I'm 70. I'm moving forward until the Lord takes me home. What can I say? I don't know keep going until the Lord says that's it (laughs) so can we stand together the days of our lives what are you going to do with the days of your lives every day is a gift isn't it every day is a gift well every head bowed for just a moment I wonder if anyone's here today is ready at this point to give your life to the Lord. Whether you're young or old, you realize, I've got to give my life to Jesus. I don't want to to look back on my life and say only labor and sorrow. I want to look back on my life and say, yeah, there was labor. Yeah, there was sorrow. Yeah, but there was Jesus carrying me through. Anyone like that? I, I just want to make sure Jesus is a part of my life, a part of my equation. Anyone like that? Raise your hand, all right? Praise the Lord. Okay, so there, there may be some others, though, that are you know, kind of stuck in that verse number 10. When, when 
our age is 70 or 80 or 60 or whatever it is, doesn't matter. But we feel like all we could think about is, man, I've worked so hard and I'm, I'm broken on the inside. Life didn't turn out the way I wanted it to work out. And I'm broken, I'm sad, I'm, I'm a little bit angry, as a matter of fact. I wonder how many of us want the Lord to come into that mindset and say, no, 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 let me come in and give you peace now. Whatever age you're at, let me give you peace right now, because your life isn't over yet. Man, my hand is up on that one. I could wallow in the sadness if I wanted to, but I don't want to. And I wonder, lastly, you know, Anna, when she saw the Christ child, she went and told everybody. You know, I wonder if some of us here that have family members that aren't, aren't ready or aren't willing to give their life to the Lord. But you feel a compulsion in your own heart to share the good things of God with your family, with your co-workers and your loved ones. And I feel that all the time. I feel that all the time. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, Lord, thank you for your word. Your word is absolutely wonderful, and it's living and sharper than any two-edged sword. It does pierce us. It does. It cuts us. Bone and marrow and heart and soul and spirit, it cuts us. But thank you for that. We need to be cut so that your life can come in. But, Lord, I want to pray, Lord, for the congregation, those at home today. I want to pray, Lord, for anyone that feels like Like life has been hard. I I labored and all I feel is sorrow. Things have not worked out the way I wanted them to. Father, we pray for those that are in that mindset to give you a chance. I pray, Lord, for anyone that may even be angry at you to not be angry at you, but just to surrender and to follow the advice that David said in Psalm 86. Teach me your ways, O God. Teach me your ways. Even though, Lord, I've been hurt, I've been scarred, I've been beaten down. Lord, teach me your ways. I need healing. So, Lord, we pray for healing for those of us that need it. We pray, Lord, that are burdened for their loved ones that want to set a good example for their family members and friends and co-workers. Lord, help us to do that. Let us have that unction of your spirit upon us that our lives would make a difference in other people's lives. And, Lord, um, Help us to be like Anna, to tell others what great things you've done for us. Lord, we don't have to give a five-point sermon. We could just share our life. When I was down, Jesus picked me up. When I was hurt, the church came to support me. When I was without any money, the church blessed me or whatever. Help us, Lord, to, to formulate a testimony in our mind that could be a blessing to someone that's going through a rough time. So, Lord, these are the days of our lives. This is it. You, you know our expiration date. We don't know when that's going to be. Help us, Lord, to use our days and great wisdom and great knowledge and great sensitivity to what you would have us do, even as we progress from our 30s to our 40s to our 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Lord, be with us. Let us serve you till the end, O oh God. And the end is only a new beginning. But let us serve you to the end of this life and graduate to the life eternal with you. So we thank you, Lord. I pray your blessing over everyone here, young and old. Thank you for the kids that are here, Lord. Bless them so strongly, O God. Let them know that you're real, O God. Let them know it. Let them feel it. Sense it, Lord. And Lord, those that are older, bless those, Lord. Those at home today, may your blessing rest upon those. And and Lord, Continue the work that you started. Lord, I know I say it frequently, but you who began a good work, you're faithful to complete the work until the day of Jesus Christ. Lord, whether we're young or old, let us stay on that potter's wheel that you'll mold us and shape us into the image of the person you want us to be. So thank you, Lord, for this. We give you all praise and all thanks now. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, make the most of this day. Be kind to someone. If you can, tell somebody Jesus loves them. Amen. God bless you.